0: During this time of limited travel, increased isolation, and stressful media, we want to make the most of this time right here at
1: home. Let us be your escape from life's monotony. Allow yourself to indulge in your wildest travel fantasies and discover the constant beauty of this ever-changing world with the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. On today's episode, we'll be diving into part one of our two-part series on all things summer travel, from some types of summer travel to finding unique places to stay and more. Welcome to the Wonderlusting Wives
0: podcast. We're your navigators, Allison
1: and Regan. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about summer travel. And you might be already planned for your summer travel, or you might be looking to plan your summer travel, and you have come to the right place. But before we get going, uh, we have our icebreaker as always. So, Allie, just for a second, imagine you can instantly learn any language. Which language would you choose?
0: Oh, this is a great one. I would like instantly thought, oh, Icelandic would be cool because we are obsessed with Iceland. But I'm like, that's not really going to help me outside of Iceland.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we do need work on it. So (laughs) yeah,
0: so it would be really helpful. But I think I'm going to go with Spanish for this one just because it would be so versatile. It would help in my career. I have Spanish speaking students. It would just, you know, help me. In really a lot of situations across the U.S., internationally, and seems like the prime language to know. So going with Spanish for this one, even though Icelandic would be pretty cool. How about you, Regan?
1: Yeah, Spanish would be awesome, especially in our country. I feel like it would be super useful. Um, But I think if I had to pick a language, I would pick Italian. Italian. Because I already speak somewhat quickly sometimes, so I think it's just a natural stepping stone. Um, but also, Jules, from our Italy episode, totally sold me on the Italian culture and the food. And also, my uh, husband's family is Italian, and I just think it would be really cool to be able to converse in such a beautiful language. Um, so, yeah, I think I would go with Italian. That would be um,
0: awesome. You got, just got to get the hand motions down a little bit louder when you're speaking. <laughs> it's yeah you're you know great starting
1: point you'll be yeah fine. <laughs> I can do that I went to theater school so I can do whatever hand motions you need perfect <laughs> you're already halfway to being bilingual <laughs> all right well moving on uh we're gonna get right into our topic of conversation for today which as we mentioned is summer travel so we're gonna provide some tips uh, for as you're planning or as you're looking forward to your trip, uh, some favorite spots of ours, some spots that we might recommend, might recommend to avoid. But uh, we'll just jump right in here with some suggestions for accommodations while you're going wherever you're going. So, Allie, what would, what do you have to say about accommodations? You'll never
0: guess what my suggestion's going to be because. We only mention it like every other episode, but we are diehard Airbnb fans. I know there's some controversy with Airbnb right now, but, you know, I'm Airbnb all the way. Hotels are great for some instances, but highly recommend Airbnbs. They're a great way to connect with locals. They can be cheaper than hotels. Um, They're great for families. And they usually offer unique amenities like waterfront properties or a hot tub or pool some are pet friendly. Maybe there's a garden. There's also usually washers and dryers. Um, Some people are nice enough to offer like baby supplies, like maybe a pack and play or a high chair. Um, Also really great, people are still working from home. So they have some Airbnbs that have really great work from home spaces, um, kitchens that have all the utensils usually that you would need for really basic meals and cooking, um, private entrances, if they have, you know, maybe the host is staying on the floor above. Um, And typically, they have free parking, just to name a few. I know that's a ton of things. But those are just some of the um, highlights. They also offer many other things as well. So what do you think about Airbnb, Regan?
1: Yeah, I mean, as someone who works full time from home, those dedicated workspaces are so nice. And like, it's just different when you're working in a hotel and like there's sometimes a desk in the room, but it's like, you're all on top of each other and it's just like, it just doesn't work as well as when there's a dedicated workspace. And I've had some really nice Airbnbs that have some great workspaces and it just makes um, traveling a little bit easier and more accessible. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm totally on the Airbnb train as well. There's also like Verbo and the home away. There's some other sites as well. Um, That you can look on, but some of like the really cool opportunities that Airbnb gives are like some really unique properties that you can stay in so there's like tree houses and repurposed pirate ships in like Wisconsin, there's shipping containers that you can stay in that have been converted all over the country. Train cars, hobbit houses, missile silo complexes, uh, bamboo mansions overseas in Bali. There's a gorgeous one that I came across one time. Um, Like glass cottages with hot tubs in Iceland where you can potentially see the northern lights if you go at the right time. There's some like historical mansions or some really renowned places like the Kellogg Doolittle Estate from Architectural Digest in Joshua Tree National Park tiny homes, castles, you name it, you can pretty much stay in, like, anywhere you want, any type of place you want. Even potatoes. I actually just recently heard there's
0: a potato-shaped like house or building that can stay in in Idaho. I think that might be my next destination. I don't know. I heard that, and I'm like, this cannot be real,
1: but sure enough. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. That state is proud of their potatoes. There was one, oh, my gosh, on one of our cross-country trips, Uh, we stopped in Idaho and we knew they were known for the potatoes, but me being a teenager, we then stopped at the Idaho potato museum and I was livid that my parents made me take a picture in front of this giant potato because I was just the most, (laughs) I was so embarrassed, but they're very proud of it. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Staying in a potato. Wow. Yeah. You never know what you're going
0: to find on Airbnb. So
1: You're not just going to stay
0: in some square room like a hotel. You can stay in a potato if you'd like.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, if you are kind of a little bit more spontaneous, there is an option on Airbnb to say, I'm flexible, and then it'll show you all sorts of places, and you don't have to give it a destination. It'll tell you, here's this place that's available for your dates in this location, and you never know what you're going to find. So just hop in there and see what you come across. Yeah, so
0: that pretty much covers accommodations, at least on our end. Of course, hotels are still a great option, but in our experiences, we've just preferred Airbnb just because of all the extra amenities and experiences we've had. Um, So now we just want to touch base on the types of summer travel for all different kinds of budgets. And first, we want to highlight road trips. We have a whole episode on cross-country road trip um, titled From New York to Arizona, And that's a really great episode if you're interested in more information about that. Um, Especially now with, you know, COVID still being kind of hard to travel internationally, a cross-country road trip is a great option um, for anyone who's wanting to take that time. Either you fly to a destination and drive around there, or like um, in our episode from New York to Arizona, we drive, you know, across the country. So there's a lot of possibilities when you're talking about a cross-country road trip um Regan what do you think do you prefer you know maybe flying somewhere and driving or driving all the way across the country
1: I mean it depends it depends on how much time you have like growing up with two teachers as parents we were able to drive all the way across the country and back a few different times um but like I've also done it where you fly to a destination and you like get into the nitty-gritty of one area so it also depends on how into the thick of a, of a location you want to get like you could fly to into denver and then spend your entire week just going around uh the mountains and everything or you can t- go all the way across the country and back so it really depends on how much time you have and how in depth you want to go but if you're looking for car rentals or i mean even hotels too, uh check out priceline.com Uh, They tend to have bundles where you can get discounts on hotel, airfare, car rentals, etc. Because car rentals can tend to get pretty pricey. So um, if you're looking for more like international travel, uh, Allie I know has a lot of experience with Skyscanner and some other options for finding those longer flights. So I'm going to let Allie speak to that.
0: Yeah, so as the international travel guru for this podcast, um, Skyscanner has been an awesome resource. It's an app. Also, you can um, use it online. Also, Google Flights or Student Universe. For our younger audience here, you can get discounts under the age of 26. They have really great deals. I know I saw like a deal today from LA to Boston. It was like $83 or something one way. So There's some really great Um, options on there if you're under the age of 26. But if not, Skyscanner and Google Flights is a great way to um, filter out different options that give you the cheapest price that might be the longest travel day. But you can also say like the best price and that gives you the cheapest price with the shortest distance. You can do like two stops or one stop. You can filter a bunch of different things. And there's Google Flights where you can see like a whole month worth of things where you know, maybe the Tuesday is cheaper than the Friday, um, and you can just compare what day would be best to fly out of and return um, for those different flight discounts, which is a really great way to save money. Because international travel can be expensive, especially in the summer when you're going to like Western Europe, like London, Paris. Portugal, Italy, Ireland, places like that can be quite expensive in the summer but it's great to use like Skyscanner, Google Flies or Student Universe to get those flight discounts and if you're looking for more information on places like Ireland, France, or Italy um, we have some episodes on those places to get you some ideas of great places to visit um, whether that's in the summer or any time of year. Um, summer is really great because they have temperate beautiful weather there but just know there are going to be lots of people traveling so do expect that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think you covered some of like the great destinations. I've also heard that Machu Picchu is really like Peru is really nice in the summer. Um so shout out to that. I have not experienced it myself, but I've heard it's great. But then if you're looking for more of a relaxing beach vacation, so Summertime can get a little tricky because it gets really hot really fast. But some nicer places that you could find a nice beach for a family vacation, um, Cape Cod, San Diego or the California coast. Um, it's pretty temperate year round. It does get a little hot, but some people don't mind that. And then Maine or Hawaii is pretty cool. Um, pretty normal all year round um, pretty much the same if you're looking to go to a different country if you're living in the United States um, Puerto Vallarta and Mazatlan in Mexico are really great you can get there on a cruise ship might not recommend going on a cruise in the summer but those two also have direct flights into there they both have airports and they're really really great Myrtle Beach is great for families gets a little crowded in the summer but you could definitely give that a try also if you're looking for a beach trip And then moving on to camping trips, like if you're more of an outdoorsy person, um, I know Allie and Nate, uh, her husband got to do a little bit of camping. So I'm going to let Allie speak to that.
0: Yeah. So I grew up doing a lot of tent camping. And I know some people are like, ah, tent camping, that sounds awful. Um, But some, some of my favorite memories as a child are actually from camping. It's just such a nice way to disconnect now that we're, you know, so technology focused society, always on our phones, always feel the need to update everyone on what we're doing or looking at a screen. So I really have enjoyed camping um, during my childhood and even more so now as an adult. So it's just a great way to disconnect. Um, But as Regan said, my husband and I did do a baseball stadium tour um, a couple summers ago. And we camped throughout the way because we were college students and just wanted to find a cheap way, but also a great way to go to a bunch of different stadiums. We went to like six different stadiums across 10 different days so that was a really cool way to go to different um, places on a cheaper budget we even found a um, like an old abandoned airport in New York City that we could camp at which who can even go camping in New York City we it was outstanding I don't even know how to even describe it to you unless you're actually there it was so cool you just walk down like the tarmac and there's this huge open fields with camping spots very very unique experience um, and then for our New York or Canadian listeners here the Thousand Islands are a really great place to go camping uh, boating is great during the summer as well and then Regan and I actually had um, one of our first camping experiences to Canada with our whole entire neighborhood um, which was an absolute blast so camping is a great way to get together disconnect have real conversations with people, eat lots of s'mores, and just really
1: enjoy time with other people. I would definitely agree with that. My husband and I are also going to go camping in the Thousand Islands this summer. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be great to be on the water, be in nature, disconnect. Yeah, what you said, it's just really great to kind of unwind and have a little bit simpler of a life for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you are looking for an adventure, an outdoor adventure, and you want to go a little bit farther or you want it to be a little more intense, maybe um, for like a great mountain or or hiking vacation, you can check out the Great Smoky Mountains, the Adirondacks, Banff, which Allie and I really want to go to. And we actually were just on a podcast, Travel Podcast, The World, and he was talking about how he loves Banff and uh so we're going to try and get him on here so that you can all learn about his experiences there but um and then th- this country is full of beautiful national parks that have amazing amazing hiking so just to name a few there's Grand Teton in Wyoming that also has some really great white water rafting nearby um there's Yellowstone in Wyoming and also Montana and also Idaho it goes on forever um olympic national park in washington the badlands in south dakota glacier in montana and then zion arches canyon like there's so many that are in the red rocks out west ali's actually going back to zion this year because it's so amazing so yeah if you're looking for some good hiking the national parks are fantastic
0: they're really great too for all different levels of hiking experience and even kids like i've seen a lot of kids Um, hiking in national parks. It's a really great opportunity for people to just go and explore our own country. And just no matter what your experience is or your age, there's hikes for everyone. Even you can just drive up to some of the most scenic places. So if, you know, you're limited for whatever reason, the national parks are still accessible um, for everyone. And if you're planning to do um, a trip focused on the national parks, I recommend getting Um, The National Park Pass, it's way cheaper than paying to get into every single national park. Um, So that's a really great opportunity if you plan to go to, I would say probably more than two, um, it'd be reasonable to get one of those passes for the summer. Speaking of national parks, um, some of them are historical, but some are not. So we're going to move into um, other historical places like museums or educational um, destinations across the U.S. that you might be interested in, whether you're a history buff or not. They're really great opportunities for everyone. Um, Regan, you want to get
1: us started with that? Yeah, so, oh my gosh, this country is full of history. Not as much history as some other countries. We are still a very young uh, country, but there's a lot to offer in our short amount of history. Some of the most amazing museums that I've been to um in Austin, Texas, there's a JFK assassination museum, and it is amazing. Oh my gosh, I could have spent way more time there than I actually did. Uh, Similarly, in New York City, there's the September 11th museum and memorial. And it's just a beautiful tribute to this tragic event um, in our nation's history that like we need to remember. Also in New York City, the Natural History Museum, the Met, the MoMA, there's so much in New York City. If you're going to New York, just search new york city museums and you will get a list of so many so check that out new york city is a great place if you're looking for museums washington dc of course the our nation's capital um the smithsonian museums from air and space to african-american history american history um there's also the holocaust museum there which as tragic as it is again it's something we need to remember and it's a fantastic tribute to that event in history um Salt Lake City in Utah is actually a really, really cool city. There's an amazing children's museum if you're planning to travel with kids. Really great children's museum, even as like a teenager. I had a blast there, so it was really cool. Right around there also is Golden Spike National – National. Uh, I don't think it's a national park. It's like a national site, but it's where the East and West Railroads actually met when they were building it across the United States. And it is like, it's so cool. They do a reenactment of the trains and everything. So again, the National Park System is a great resource for any of that, uh, especially things like, I mean, there's Abraham Lincoln's birthplace and all sorts of different things. So uh, check that out for sure. Philadelphia, of course, um, there's there's the Museum of Art, so you can live out your rocky dreams. Um, But there's also like the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, all sorts of history there. And that's something that's a little bit off the beaten path, but Titan Missile Museum in Arizona, you can actually, like, tour a missile silo from Cold War, Russian, I mean, it's a little too real right now, maybe, but, like, just where they're housing these missiles in our country, I think there's only, like, 56 sites in the country, and just... It was a different time, you know, when they didn't know when those were going to go off and now you can tour them and just get that piece of history. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot to see. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and what's really cool about all of these things is that you can go on the, these trips with friends, with family, by yourself. And no matter what, it's going to be great. Like, would you agree, Allie? Yeah, definitely. I know,
0: you know, I have a lot of great trips with friends and family. I haven't really done solo travel yet. Just personally, I rather go with other people, just feel more comfortable. And I think it's just more fun that way to share those experiences um, with others. I know Regan and I grew up going on a lot of trips together. Um, our families have gone on trips individually um, and together. So it's just a really great way to make memories, whether that's a three-day weekend or 10 days or however long you choose. It's just a really awesome opportunity to connect with others, unwind a little bit, have some adventures, whether that's spontaneous or planned out. Traveling just is a really great way to bring friends and family together. Or if you're solo, it's a great opportunity to go meet new people and make new friends in places all across the world. Okay, that wraps up our episode one of our two-part series on all things summer travel. And please tune in for our next episode on basic travel tips.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. Come escape with us again every other Tuesday. Give us a subscribe and a follow on all of our social media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until we chat next time, wander on!